This is a very late night version of Journeys in Podcasting from Krakow, Poland. And we are in Hackerspace Krakow, which is a unique space here in the city and maybe in the country and maybe for hackerspaces as well. If you guys wouldn't mind introducing yourselves and what is your responsibility or position here? I am Jakub and I am... Actually, there is not any specific responsibility. I am one of the guys that is here more often. Just that. And I'm Victor. And we, we don't do anything specifically more than others. So. How does it work? How did you get here? How did this place start? I know one of you was here much earlier than, than the other. To be honest, it uh, started because of an idea that someone got from another city in Poland. So there was another hackerspace before us. And idea catched. There was some uh, workshops before we get a venue. Quite nice amount of people were interested, so we started. I've heard from other uh, hacker makerspaces, especially in New York Resistor, that uh, there is like a blueprint for starting a hackerspace that somebody published a few years ago. And one of the most important things was make sure you have at least four to five people who are hardcore, really into it. Don't just do it if you're and you and your buddy are the ones who are into making a, a maker or a hackerspace, but make sure that you have a critical mass of, of people. How did you guys come together? How did that, how did that work? I thought that uh, I will uh, add something to, to the thing you said about the pivot point, this presentation about good practices in making hackerspace. I don't really uh, remember how it was quite, quite good, so... The hackerspace begins, and then how often do you guys, how often are you here? Uh, how often do you formally meet? How does, how does okay, so actually the two of you, the oh, two of us are here quite often, because we are here like every day, sometimes every other day. It depends, but we are here more than four times a week, usually. We have formal meetings on, meetings on Friday, those are our night hacks, so it's like uh, at the evening we start doing something or talking about something or just sitting and working on our projects and then usually we think of something weird to create and it usually ends in the morning. It's a lot of time. I assume you have jobs and I'm assuming your jobs are something with IT or with programming uh, somehow related. Is that more or less correct? Uh, yeah. yeah. And so you put in a lot of extra time here. What, what kind of things are you working on here? that's different from your job or what does this place give you that your job doesn't give you? Mostly the all the people around the hackerspace or in hackerspace. We are here a community and it's something that our jobs wouldn't give us. But also it is the place where we can create our most, well we can bring our most stupid ideas to life because uh, at work we have to, well, work. Yeah, uh, work uh, environments aren't very uh, forgiving if you screw something up in your work. So, For example, uh, I am a systems administrator and at work everything must be working perfectly, must be done in a way that is maintainable. And in here in hackerspace, our whole server infrastructure is one big playground uh, for some people. Nothing really bad will happen if some somebody screws up, except for some 
so, except for a few systems, but it's still a playground which we, you can use. In our short conversation the other night, one of the things I asked you was how did you learn programming and how do people in Poland learn programming? And the overwhelming answer was we don't learn it in school, that we learn it at home and we learn it with communities like this. Just coming from Berlin, one of the points in the conversation there was that schools are, as you just said, very unforgiving places. They don't allow you to tinker, to play, to mess up. It's all about getting the right answer, passing the test, and if you explore or experiment and fail, it's definitely not an environment where that's rewarding. How do you see when you're learning programming, why is it so necessary? Or physical computing or electronics, why is it so necessary to have this play or tinker or fail-safe space? Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, so uh, first uh, you learn uh, with mistakes. And the other thing is that when you do your own projects or bring your own ideas to life, you are learning much easier and much faster. I mean that when it's not... When you are doing something at school, you have a task at hand and it's the same task for everyone. Everyone is doing it, but it's not necessarily something you would like to do. When you are creating, following your own ideas, it's something you would want to do, so you are more, much more engaged and motivated with it. Let's talk about, uh, you mentioned this being a safe learning environment. And what I'm trying to get at is how this is also a learning environment like a school only it has very different rules. Maybe you could talk a little bit about what you've learned here or what projects you've worked on that were learning experiences. That's part one to the question. And then part two is, is what do you formally do here for learning environments such as workshops or hack nights or events or conferences? What I learned here, it's hard because I am a member of Krakow Hackerspace like for a year now. But I've been here physically only two months. Before then I was in Wrocław. There are not that many things that I have done here. We definitely, well, some of us learned uh, many things about uh, laser cutters because uh, we just bought one, well, not just recently, but we bought one without really knowing how to use it. Maybe some had some previous experience with them, but nothing professional and nothing like a great experience. So we bought one and then we started learning. And uh, it was the same with the lathe we have in our workshop, because there's one guy that knows how to lathe or had some experience with them. But then some time ago, another guy came in wanting to, he wanted to do something on the lathe actually a lightsaber he had no idea so we showed them we showed him a little bit just the small part that we learned and he stayed with the life for like 20 hours straight and the lightsaber that came out of it was really really great so one person's knowledge quickly spread to the rest of the group is more or less what you're saying is that yeah. kind of how it works when you yeah everyone in here has some some skills that others don't have or don't have this skill maxed out as in RPG so one person that really knows huge amount of uh, stuff about one thing and he can teach it to others he can spread it what about events do you guys host any particular events here in this space throughout the year or does it mainly serve as your for, for the kind of club we try to make some workshops 
basically on Arduino or soldering. And the other thing is the night hacks every week. Sometimes night hack will turn into a lightning talk session, so a very short lecture, because one or two persons are interested in something that somebody knows, so he will say something about it. He walks up to the whiteboard and talks for like 15 minutes and everybody listens. But also we have uh, workshops here and then we are doing some workshops in cooperation with other organizations or other events. For example, next month we have a few such workshops. We are doing Arduino workshops for a few different, I would say, organizations or events. And we are doing them outside of uh, our space. Now, when you give those workshops, is this volunteer time? Or are these like things that you offer a service and get money for? We, as uh, people who are teaching the workshops, we don't get money for it. Sometimes we do paid workshops. But all the money goes for hackerspace. Funding. Uh, I assume you pay some kind of dues. Uh, yeah. Uh, how, you've got some pretty good equipment in here. How do you fund the lathe, the laser cutter, the 3D printers? You showed me um, some multimeters that uh, are crazy, like sensitive to like, the, the most uh, minute well, changes. Uh, we are mostly funded by donations since we are a foundation. Sometimes we do, for example, paid workshops, but uh, they are mostly to pay off the hardware that we use for them. So we have 10 Arduino uh, kits to teach those workshops. And recently we wanted to upgrade them, but the last paid workshops only uh, paid for a part of it. Who donates the Arduinos and who donates the equipment? Uh, actually, Arduinos and equipment are mostly bought by the foundation uh-huh. and people donate uh, money. Uh, well, people like us. So we are putting our own money into the hackerspace. Most of the time is uh, most engaged uh, people in our society. I know Arduinos, microcontrollers had a big bubble maybe five, six years ago uh, and a lot of things were coming out for them and out of fruit and other companies are designed for them. Yeah. Now there's a million different microcontrollers you can get, the SparkFun copies and then there's all other kind of uh, Raspberry Pi and other devices. How do you see this in Krakow? Is this something growing or have people sort of lost interest in the whole physical computing thing? Okay, so I think that in Krakow they didn't really have time to grow the, the hunger for the teaching of Arduino. And uh, we don't really do much workshops lately. So. Yeah, I, I would say that even in the whole Poland it's not really popular. So it's still very niche, meaning it's still very like people who are interested in electronics and, and uh, computing. And yeah, well, uh, there are some people that are interested in, for example, Arduino or Raspberry Pis. They are uh, people who really don't really need the workshops. Yeah, already because mm-hmm. they can do it by themselves. Mm-hmm. Some people are interested in mostly people that are uh, some kind of uh, artists because Arduino is a really great board for for art artists installations. For an art installation because it's very simple. Well, uh, we've seen your uh, project; it's a perfect example. Yeah, because hey, I'm coming from um, ITP camp this last summer. I think I mentioned that to you guys before, where everything there is the the crux between art and, and science. Yeah. Uh, so it's all creative computation. And mm-hmm. one of the homes of physical computing, Tom Ego is there, 
uh, Peter Coding Train, Daniel Shipman, and um, amongst others, uh, a lot of generative computation going on now as well. How's that? You mentioned that that's not really caught on that much here in, in Poland, but is it something that you see growing even in the creative side? It is growing. For example, in my middle school in Wrocław, about two years ago, they started uh, teaching Arduino. So Arduino is now part of the uh, information technology curriculum. There, there are some schools that uh, are using it, mm. but uh, not all, not many of them. More popular uh, every day. Uh, last week, for example, there was, well, this weekend, there was uh, physics teachers summit, first one in Poland. Teachers uh, showed to each other what they are using on the lessons, and there, there were quite, there were a few Arduinos and uh, lessons with it. You were showing me something, uh, a little bit of photos and some video footage of uh, some work you do at a festival that yeah. I believe is over close to the border with Germany. How do you take this learning mobile? How do you package it? What, tell me about that. Yeah, it's another reason to get our equipment out of hackerspace and do some some really nice things. After free and liberal soft, open software foundation in Poland uh, resigned to make their stand on, on Woodstock Festival, now Poland Rock Festival, uh, I decided to take the steering wheel and provide some workshops on uh, Arduino's uh, soldering uh, at the festival to unite some hackerspaces in Poland and do something together. We did it fourth time this yeah, year. It, it went pretty well. Is that like a one-day thing? How does it work? It's, and, and uh, people enter it. Officially, it's a three-day thing. But we our have workshops for four days. Yes. And we are there for a week. And are there, is it a continuous workshop, or is it something people just uh, pop in? And it's like some uh, between ten a.m. and uh, eight p.m. Like we have to fill make, the make some time workshops. Gap. So we have uh, the workshops are one and a half or two hours each. Depending on the workshops, we have a people rotation on it. So when we have soldering workshops, then soldering one board takes about 20 minutes. So if the workshops are for two hours, then people are changing at the tables and there's a heavy rotation. And with the Arduino workshops, which we did not have this year, people are staying in our tent for hour and a half and working on some projects with Arduino. Yeah, basically they follow the, uh, the guide, which provides them with ongoing uh, yeah. one project, then the other corresponding step, with the first, yeah, and so step on by and step so forth. Lessons. How do you make sure that there's enough, what I understand from these kind of atmospheres or workshops is it's really important that you have enough people in the space that know what they're doing so that there's enough of this shared knowledge um, to go around because if there's a shortage of knowledge then it can be a very yeah, with, with workshops there's actually not that big of a group like about 10 people who are uh, doing most things in hackerspace so this is the group of people that is here more than once a week the same people are teaching Arduino workshops, electronic soldering workshops. Last year we had 3D printing workshops on a festival. This and sounds like the perfect thing to come in and do for uh, a week in a school. Have you been approached by or have you approached any schools to do this kind of workshop? Or? 
We did some workshops in schools, but lately nothing. You've also worked with schools and you introduced me to something that I had never seen before, Dance Your PhD. So I went and watched as many of these Dance Your PhD and found the researchers that are actually doing research with dance troops to create all of their simulations of how cells behave. Fascinating stuff. I've worked a little bit with Boalian Theater, which is Augusto Boal Theater of the Oppressed, which has some crossover with this. There's a lot of image theater, a lot of use of the body for expression, but I've never seen dance taken to such a serious uh, interdisciplinary level. What's that like? Tell me a little bit about your projects. Well, every two years there is a Science on Stage festival in Poland, which is festival for uh, students, actually students of all grades. Every two years, for like eight years now, I am uh, preparing, at the beginning I was a student and then now I am teaching them and preparing them for the final festival with some really crazy ideas. So we had a comedy sketch about uh, electricity. Each of the students was dressed as a separate electronic circuit part. Well, actually they were the parts because we had uh, light bulbs that they could strap to their chest. We had battery that they can wear and so on. And they have built the circuits. Very cool. And then they take this and they compete with other uh, schools on this kind of thing? Kind of students compete with uh, other schools, but mostly the thing is that the teachers compete with other teachers because after the national festivals, there is international one well, where uh, teachers from whole Europe and Canada meet at, the, at one place and they are exchanging their ideas, exchanging their uh, knowledge and ways of teaching. How did you get introduced to this? Why have I never heard of it? There is this guy, he has a PhD in physics. I started attending his physics after school lessons club, I would say. It was on Saturdays, five hours on Saturdays. And uh, when I was in high school, I started attending those. Then after a year, I was the only one that was on all meetings, I would say. And then after three years, when I finished high school, I started helping him. And now I am teaching, sometimes I'm teach I am teaching when he's away. Most often we are teaching it together. You mentioned that you've done electricity. What are some of the other science dances you've participated in or seen? Or how many different ways have you seen this applied? I've seen quite many because the festival is two days long. I don't remember many of them, but there was really funny also comedy sketch about uh, friction. The thing was uh, in a bar, they used, they were showing friction by pouring liquids into glasses and letting glasses go along the bar. The next week we are going with the fourth grade students, primary school, with theater about uh, colors and lights. What are they going to present? Uh, they're going to present that uh, using uh, light of different colors. You can disappear uh, something because when you use the for example when you use red light on red things you can see them but when you use red light on blue things they are becoming black so if everything goes well we will disappear one of the students because <laughs> he will be dressed one color and we will use a specific light to uh, try to make him the same color as the background i spent all morning catching up on 
Polish politics from 2015 to present. And, you know, I, I live in Poland, I mean Poland, I live in Colombia, so I get little pieces of the news, but I hadn't gotten the complete narrative, and I was practically crying watching all of this. You know that I, I worked in Poland in 1991, a long time ago, in, in Weinsuit, when everything was so hopeful and, and the change was just coming, like rushing so fast. You also mentioned that this place began four years ago? Six. Six years six, ago. Six, six. Uh, yeah. But you also mentioned the other night that, that um, you will have competition, that the government will also create another makerspace in the city? Uh, yeah, local government. government. So what does the future of this place look like? What are your hopes and plans for this place? We will see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. What would you That's the only answer we can provide. What would you like to see happen with uh, this space here? Uh, flourish. We would want it to flourish and uh, be even better. Yeah, so flourish in, like, in what ways? More people joining the hacker space, changing the place. To bigger one. To, for a bigger one. Uh, more uh, interesting equipment, not really expensive equipment, but equipment which is interesting and or can spacious. be, uh, yeah, and can be used in creative ways. Thank you very much for spending the time. Thank you. I, I really would like to follow up on the project you're working on, on both taking the mobile unit to the festival, but also this uh, this dance dancing science, which I find quite fascinating as well. Thanks a lot for allowing me to come and ask you guys all these questions and forcing me to say it all in English. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks.